Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome, Centerpoint family. It's good to see you guys this weekend. My name is Ann Hansen. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am excited to be able to bring you week six of Lifted. We're doing this sermon series about how to be lifted by God, and I am excited to be here. Um, during this quarantine, um, you know, I just have to give a shout out to all the educators out there. Come on, educators, we miss you guys. We honor you. Uh, I don't know how it's going at your house, but um, education is happening through uh, threats and bribes. And, um, and, and that's all. Uh, but, you know, Toby's uh, teachers, my son Toby, he's a senior, and he's going to be graduating this year. And he's in leadership at his school. And um, every spring they have this legacy breakfast for the seniors to just honor what they've done through their high school career and leadership. And so because they weren't able to have this leader. Uh, legacy breakfast, they brought the legacy breakfast to our house. And so this is a picture of um, Toby's uh, teachers that came to our house. And yeah, all the, the teachers and some of the other students, they came to our house and for about a good 10 minutes, they spent um, time just polishing up my son, just calling out the gold in him, affirming all the accomplishments that he was able to uh, achieve in high school, and just really um, encourage him. And it was such a gift to me as his mom. And they also gave him something else, uh, and he he brought it inside. And here's a, a gift that yeah, they gave him, it's like a jar full of affirmations from the other students. And then if you could see that um, shiny thing right there, that, that package, that shiny package, Pop-Tarts. Guys, the gift of heaven, okay? Uh, these, these thighs don't need any more Pop-Tarts, but I can acknowledge a good gift when I see it, okay, guys? Okay, so anyway, um, anyway, I was just thinking how much our Heavenly Father loves to give good gifts. You know, just like I love to see my kid getting such a good gift, I know our Heavenly Father loves to give us good gifts. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And when I see a verse like this, I'm like, yes, Jesus, yes, all the promises of God, yes and amen. I mean, we sing that song, all your promises are yes and amen. And I love that. All your promises are yes and amen. And we love to think about the promises of God. We love to receive the promises of God. And earlier this season, I heard the Lord saying that he was gonna blow away this virus. And when I heard the Lord saying that to me, I'm like, yes, Jesus, let's, let's get it done. Come on, Jesus. And I really thought like, okay, let's, let's get this done. Let, let's, let's get it all done. And if um, maybe I'm a lot like you, uh, I'm of a fast-paced person. I like to get things done. I call it being efficient. I don't know if that's true, but I like to think that. Um, 
I like to cook fast. I like to clean fast. You can ask my husband. I just like race around my house because that's how I like to do things. And, um, you know, on the remote control, my favorite button is fast forward, right? (laughs) Because why not? Fast forward through all the boring parts and you never have to waste any time. Uh, I feel like Instagram has kind of ruined me because uh, if you see those stories, like you can click through everyone's stories. And so if it doesn't grab my attention in two seconds, I'm like, click, 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 click. And yes, you heard me right. My attention span is probably two seconds long. But anyway, I wish we had a fast forward button right now in this season of life. Right? I wish, I so wish we could fast forward to the end of Corona. I so wish we could fast forward to get our lives back to some sort of normalcy. But yet I hear the Lord saying this four letter word to me, you know, and He's not cursing me out, but He is speaking a four letter word to me. And that word is wait. Wait. And so let's read in Psalm 27. 11 through 14 in the NIV, it says this. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then this is the verse. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Maybe you guys can say it with me. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Yeah. Waiting is painful. Do any of you guys like waiting? Okay, I hate waiting. Okay, waiting stinks. I want God's promises. I think a lot of us, we all want God's promises, but we don't want God's processes, right? We want the promises, but we don't want the processes. And honestly, the way to get the promises is to wait on the Lord, right? And so when we're waiting, it feels like nothing's happening. It feels like denial, like we've been denied. It feels like, God, you've forgotten about us. Like somehow, God, you're sleeping on the job. Uh, I'm the one who's awake and you have somehow forgotten about me, so I need to take some matters into my own hands. Because waiting is hard. And because the Lord knows this, he said, be strong and take heart, right? He, he knows waiting is not easy. And so he tells us to wait, to be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. And so this is my main point for today. It's this. It's very simple. I resolve to wait to receive God's best. And maybe that can be a declaration in your own heart in this season and for the next seasons to come. I resolve to wait to receive God's best. And I'm gonna give you a couple reasons why we should wait on the Lord. And the first thing I'll say is this. Why should we wait on the Lord? The first thing is to keep in step with his timing. To keep in step with God's timing. God's timing is connected to God's best. God's timing is connected to God's best. And with God, timing is everything. And he gives us pictures of this all throughout the world, right? In everything, timing is everything, right? In sports, timing is everything, right? In negotiating a deal, 
Timing is everything. What about in music? Praise the Lord, we have Scotty Pulliam to keep us in the right timing because timing is everything, right? Timing is everything. And so um, in baking, I've been, I confess I've still been baking. Timing is everything, right? This week I made some beer bread for my family to go along with the soup I made. And um, I got the timing wrong. And I asked uh, my husband like, oh, how's the beer bread? Because I love beer bread. I don't like beer, but I like beer bread, okay? So it's at Trader Joe's. If you want to get the mix, it's delicious. Okay, but I, I got the timing wrong. And um, I asked my husband, How, how's, how's the beer bread? And he's like, it's, it's okay. And um, I was like, what? How dare you? And I cut into the bread. And I'm like, I'm sure it's amazing, right? And I cut into the bread and I'm like, oh, crap. It's like raw dough. <laughs> because timing is everything, right? <laughs> Beer bread that is like perfect is so different than raw dough because timing is everything, right? And so God's Timing is connected to God's best. So we've got to wait for God's timing. And sometimes we know why God says to wait, but sometimes we just don't, okay? And, and it's okay. We don't need to know. God knows. God's getting things ready for us. I mean, why did I have to wait till I was almost 27 to get married? I think John wasn't ready, okay? But anyway, <laughs> timing is everything, right? Don't... <laughs> Don't unnecessarily suffer by getting ahead of God's timing. Amen? Amen. Okay. The second reason why we need to wait for the Lord is to strengthen our faith. Okay. Strengthen our faith. Um, do we really trust the Lord or do we trust our circumstances? Right? Have you ever had a fair weather friend? I've had many fair weather friends in my life. They're friends that are there when things are good in your life, when you have a lot of money, when you have a vacation home to share with them. And as soon as things are tough in your life, all of a sudden they're gone, right? Does God want a fair weather, fair weather follower of Jesus? No. He wants us to be strong, that we will trust him whether times are good whether times are bad, that we will learn to trust him in all things. And so he's going to let us wait to strengthen our faith. Waiting reveals that we're trusting him. That's what it reveals, right? In 1 Peter 1.7, it says this in the NLT. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is more precious than mere gold. Wow, your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Wow, that's how important our faith is. And so we have to wait to strengthen our faith. And then the third thing is to purify our desires and to change our perspectives. Sometimes our prayers are very selfish, right? Sometimes we can pray, Jesus, just give me $5 million. Just, just $5 million, God. Just, just $5 million. I'm so tired of living in this track home. Can you just give me five, just $5 million and I'll be okay. Just five, just $5 million right? And we can get into this weird, funky place of selfishness. And as we wait on the Lord, he will change and purify our hearts. And, you know, and then our, our prayers will change like, okay, God, maybe I don't need $5 million. Maybe I just need to learn how to be grateful, content for what I have, you know? And then, and then at other
other times he's just changing our perspective. Sometimes when we're, when we're waiting, we're asking the Lord for something that he's not asked for. Sometimes I'm praying for vengeance. I'm like, full bore, Jesus, bring vengeance. I want vengeance. I want vengeance. And then he's like waiting for me to like come back from the dark side. He's like, come on back, baby girl. Pray for peace. Pray for love. Pray for healing. You know, sometimes he's, he's doing that in the waiting. He's changing our perspective and he's purifying our heart. And then the fourth thing and the last thing I'll talk about, even though there's many more reasons of why he calls us to wait, the fourth thing is because he loves us. And he is a good dad. He loves us and he's a good dad. And so when we wait on the Lord, we assume our proper position in this relationship with with God. I go back to being a humble child and I let him be my heavenly father, my almighty God, where he's the parent of this situation and he gets to work out all the details. He gets to have the plan and I get to just be his kid and wait for him to act on my behalf. Amen? What can you do for yourself that God cannot do for you? (laughs) Right? Isaiah 64.4 says this. Let's read it together, actually. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. Wow. God works for those who wait for him. God works for those who wait for him. Who doesn't want that? right? I want that. I want God to work. I can't make things happen on my own. I can't make myself get a job right now. I can't, I can't make myself get pregnant right now. I can't make these things happen. I, I can't make corona end right now. But God can do things because he works on behalf of those who wait for him. So I want to er- urge you and challenge you to wait for the Lord. Resolve to wait for the Lord. Psalm 27, again, it says this. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. It is hard to wait. God knows it's hard to wait, okay? He encourages us to be strong and to take heart. And waiting on the Lord doesn't mean you do nothing. I mean, because a person like me, I could not just do nothing. Waiting on the Lord is not passive. It does not mean you are doing nothing. Waiting on the Lord is active. It is active waiting. And I know that doesn't really make sense, but I'll explain it to you in just a minute. Waiting on the Lord is active. And so I'm gonna share just a few ways, four ways of how to wait actively. Okay, the first way is this. Very, very simple. Start each day by connecting with God. As soon as you wake up, start each day. Just imagine that throughout the night, your battery has run out of juice and you just need to plug in, okay? And everyone loves that, right? Everyone loves when they have their cell phone charger. And when you don't have your cell phone charger, you're like, oh crap, where's the cell phone charger, right? Every morning, wake up and get connected. It's simple. All you have to do is say, good morning, Jesus. I'm here. Come have your way in me. I'm ready. I'm your, I'm your servant. I'm ready for you to do whatever it is that you want to do in me today. Very, very simple. Start the day getting connected with God. And then the second thing is this. Remember God's faithfulness and give thanks. Remember God's faithfulness and give thanks. This is what happens. 
Doubt forms a very wicked narrative in your head. It's wicked. Doubt forms a very wicked narrative in your head. And what you need to do is build a godly narrative in your head of God's faithfulness, of his, um, of longevity in the Lord, of trusting him. And so you need to remind yourself of God's faithfulness and give thanks and just tell yourself, oh, I remember how he protected me in second grade when my, when my house got robbed. I, I, I remember God's faithfulness in 12th grade when there were burglars in the house when I was in the house. I thank God that he, he protected me and spared my life when I was being carjacked when I was 28 years old. I thank the Lord that he brought me a godly husband when I thought there was no godly husband. I thank God for keeping me safe through all my pregnancies, three pregnancies. I thank the Lord that he kept us all safe um, and brought us back from financial destruction. All the things that you have to remember, God's faithfulness, remind yourself of how God has been faithful to you and give thanks. As you're doing this, you are rewiring your brain. You're getting rid of that wicked narrative of doubt and you are reestablishing a narrative, a long narrative of God's faithfulness and his goodness in your life. And you're stomping the devil while you're doing it, okay? So this is what we're doing. We're being strong by doing this. The third thing is pray. Very simple. Listen, the answer has already been made, but God assumes you're gonna call on it. The answer has already been made. God is gonna assume you're gonna call on it. And so this is the scripture, Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. That means the answer has already been determined, right? God already has a plan. He already has a promise. He already knows what he's gonna do. But he expects that we're gonna call on him, okay? And to access that answer. So we have to pray. And the last thing, the fourth thing to do to wait actively on the Lord is to do the last thing that God has spoken for you to do. Do the last thing that God has spoken for you to do. So what is it? Maybe you can take a minute right now and say, God, what is the last thing that you have asked me to do? I know that he has asked me to pray. I know that he has asked me to be a mama. I know that he has asked me to be a faithful wife. I know that he has asked me to help educate my kids right now. Jesus, help. I know that he has asked me to be faithful with my tithes and my offerings. I know that he has asked me to help people right now. What has he asked you to do? And continue to do that. What is the last thing that God has asked you to do? And just continue with that as you wait actively on the Lord. Deuteronomy 5.33 says this. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess, right? Thank you, God. Walk in obedience. That's what he's calling you to do. Walk in obedience. I resolve to wait to receive God's best. Resolve, resolve to wait with me to receive God's best. Um, when I was um, still a single person, I, I remember taking this flight from Chicago back to L.A. Uh, I lived in Pasadena, and I was going to see my friend in Chicago, and there was a major storm, and we, were, we ended up being on the, is it called the runway? For a long, long time, and it was just hours of being on the runway, and it was, oh, the 
Uh, we're waiting for the storm to pass. Oh, now we're waiting for the plane to be de-iced. Oh, now we're waiting for the tarmac to be cleared. I mean, it was brutal. At a certain point, they, they uh, had us de-plane, and then they got us back on the plane, and we still ended up waiting like another 30 minutes for, to be able to take off. And honestly, waiting for God feels a lot like that sometimes, right? It's like, oh my God, what, it, what are you doing, God? Are you really doing anything? But there's so many things happening while we're waiting, right? The, the plane is being de-iced, right? The storm is passing, right? The tarmac is being cleared. And waiting for the Lord is sometimes like that. But we have to keep those things in mind, that God is working things out on our behalf. Um, do, you, do you remember the story of David? Uh, he was anointed king. And then he had to wait years and years until he was appointed king right? From the time he was anointed to the time he was appointed, right? So what was God doing during all that time? Did he forget about David? Did he forget about what he had said when he was a teenager? Or was he preparing David to take the role of king? Was he working in him self-control? Was he teaching him wisdom? Was he teaching him honor? Was he teaching him how to trust in, in God Almighty through all things? Yes, the answer is yes. That's, that's what God was doing. Okay, so that is what God is doing in us. He is preparing us to get ready to walk into the plans that he has for us. So resolve to wait for God to receive his best, okay? Psalm 25 says this. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Right. The Lord will never put you to shame. Those who wait for the Lord. You will never be put to shame if you wait for the Lord. You will never miss out if you wait for the Lord. You will never be put to shame. Hear me loud and clear. You will never be put to shame if you wait for the Lord. Walk in his ways, wait for the Lord. And if you've missed it and you've gotten ahead of the Lord and right now you're just feeling so sad and tormented inside, like, oh, I haven't waited for the Lord. I've got in front of him. All you need to do is repent. It's very simple. Acts 3.19 says this, repent then. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. It's very, very simple. All you need to do is ask the Lord to forgive you and turn away from doing things your own way and ask God to take over again as Lord and Savior. So if you want to pray with me right now, let's pray. Let's pray. I know that waiting on the Lord is so hard, but... You know what's even harder is actually doing life on your own. <laughs> what's harder is doing things your own way and getting into messes and trying to figure out how to get out of that mess and how to try and figure out how to get out of that mess. That is more exhausting than waiting on the Lord. So I'm urging you to wait on the Lord. Repent so that times of refreshing, refreshing can come. Let's pray. Jesus Thank you that you are so forgiving, you are so gracious, you are so loving, you are always waiting for us to turn away from our own ways and to turn back to you. And so God, right now we do. We turn back to you and say, Jesus, forgive us for getting in front of you, forgive us for our impatience, forgive us for 
participating with that wicked narrative of doubt in our heads, of allowing that to be louder than your voice of faithfulness and goodness. God, forgive us, purify your church, purify your bride, God, and help us, Lord, to wait patiently on you, to be strong, to be courageous, and to wait for you. And at this time, if there's anyone right now who is listening right now and you're saying, I have never said yes to Jesus. I've never said yes to having him be the Lord and savior of my life. Right now in your own living room, in your own car, wherever you are right now, you can pray with me right now and say yes to Jesus. So just pray after me. So Jesus, I'm so done with doing life on my own. I'm at the end of my rope. I can't do it anymore. I need you, God, to take over. I've gotten myself into a big mess, and I don't know the way out, but I'm asking that you would be my Lord and my Savior. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I receive every new beginning that I get through Jesus Christ, and I say, Lord, come have your way in my life. Be my Lord. Be my dad. I'm going to be the kid. I'm gonna wait for you. I'm gonna do things your way. So Jesus, show me where to go. Show me what to do. Help me to walk in obedience. I turn away from all rebellion and I say, God, I'm gonna do it your way and only your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh start with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.